Hi, welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wade. And I'm Molly O'Brien. And Introducing, is this the real life? Is this just podcasting? It's Queen, or at least the filmed version of them. Yes, usually this is a podcast about words, about music, but what are words but the components of a text? And who says that a text can't be a film as well. So we're jumping formats a little bit this week to try something new, a special bonus episode about the new film Bohemian Rhapsody starring Rami Malek. And today we'll be discussing Queen's music, biopics in general, prosthetic teeth specifically, and why the fuck Brian Singer keeps getting work with our guest. He's a staff writer at The Atlantic and host of one of my favorite podcasts, Blank Check. It's David Sims. Hi, David. Hey, guys. Hello. How are you doing? Pretty good. Welcome to the potting kitchen. Thanks for having me. Ah, we're glad you're here. Yep. Um, I think this is, I don't think this is real life, and I do think this is just podcasting. Yes, sure. It's kind of a, podcasting is kind of a liminal state in which you uh, suspend your reality for a little while. Somewhere between zero and two dimensions of sound waves and and thoughts. Enter a world of, of pure content. Uh, which is where I like to live most of the time. That's where I live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Once we can all download our consciousnesses into into the content verse, yeah, I really. think we're all going to be happy yeah, and be then content. Off. One might say, yeah, yeah. And then we can just spend all our time, uh, you know, figuring out how to monetize those thoughts themselves instead of transferring them to a different medium like audio or written word or film, which just seems yeah. like a too laborious process right. at this point. As long as there's money, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> What is the most important thing? Uh, we do not make money off this podcast. <laughs> yet. Yet. Uh, so today we're talking about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, a uh, movie that we saw last week. You saw a few weeks ago, probably. Yeah, I saw it at a press screening sometime in the beginning of October. And I actually saw it as quickly as I could because I was worried there was there's this rumored Brian Singer article that's going to drop oh, yeah. Esquire. Yeah. Of all, you know, an accounting of whatever bad whatever. things he has done. It hasn't come yet, but I was like, what if that thing drops and this movie doesn't come out? So I was oh, like, yeah. I got to oh, see interesting. this. Interesting. But then nothing dropped and it came out and it made a gazillion dollars. So, so yeah. you know, I was wrong. I actually haven't been tracking the box. Well, we can talk about this. Very uh, big hit. Later. Very, Very big, big hit. hit. W- way over expectation. That's interesting because I kind of imagined that this movie would be a bit of a flop. I thought you thought it was going to bomb. And I was like, I feel like people like people Queen. People like Queen. That's <laughs> the <know>? thing. <laughs> uh, I just said it before we started. But my major takeaway from this movie is, God damn, does Queen have a billion good songs? Right. Yes. They had to leave some out. They had to they leave, leave many out. A lot of bangers out. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the, uh, I'll use this as a method to get into the first bit we usually do, which is what is your like past experience with Queen? Um, I've mentioned before on this pod that Queen was one, probably my first favorite band uh, that I got into probably a little later than most people actually get into music in middle school before transitioning from a hardcore Queen fan to a hardcore parliament Funkadelic fan. Uh, You know, middle school music uh, tastes are weird, Uh, but I, Love this band uh, and thought they rocked, but I thought also think that I had kind of a weird um, experience of their music because the first bit of Queen I got my hands on was Greatest Hits Volume 2. Oh, sure. So this is what, you know, I would be like, oh, yeah, I love Queen. And people would be like, oh, yeah, what are your favorite songs? And I'm like, oh, you know, like A Kind of Magic right. or uh, Innuendo. You know, like mm-hmm. not not the the real bangers and yeah. uh, or the, the the most popular bangers, and subsequently would come to have seeming hot takes like uh, "We Will Rock You" and "We Are the Champions" are the uh, worst Queen songs. You know, that's those are your, that's your take. Those are those are among I my would Queen takes. Kind of agree. Yeah. yeah, 
I mean, and as this movie depicts, they're kind of they were kind of designed to be shitty. sure they're stadium songs, yeah. I guess. Right? So yeah. it's a soccer chant. Yes, for hooligans. For you know, for or hooligans. regular people, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I've thought about this band a lot. I uh, like the the group musicianship of it. Brian May is one of the I still think like one of the greatest guitarists of all time, and also just a real sonic innovator. Um, mm-hmm. And all these songs so resonate with me, and I keep discovering new Queen songs that I like a lot. Like after uh, this, watching this film, I went and listened to a bunch of their like more synth heavy stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is usually panned. And I, you know, I like a good synth bassline. Of course, you liked it. Uh, what about you guys? How do you feel about Queen? Uh, okay, so. Everyone makes fun of me on my own podcast when I say this, but I grew up in England. Yes. <laughs> okay. I will treat that with the straightest face I possibly spa- can. It's a safe space here. We tolerate it growing up in England. So I, moved I think to, it was great. I moved to England when I was nine years old uh, in 1995 after uh, Freddie Mercury had died. But that was when the the album with mm-hmm. it's a kind of, ma- you know, the what, yeah, yeah. Just Like Heaven, is that the album? Uh, I think so. Or, or, not or, kind or of like Innuendo. No, no, no. Right. Not Innuendo. It's uh, Just Like Heaven, the one that came out way after he had died. Right, right, right. That had a song called, oh, it's so bad, uh, Heaven for Everyone. Okay. <laughs> it's not like, object- like now I listen to it, I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> But it was like on top of the pops, and I was, loved it when I was nine right, years right, old. Right, right, And so that was my introduction to Queen was Freddie Mercury was dead. And I was listening <laughs> to like the sort of like crappy leftovers they were assembling. <laughs> and I guess I went backward from there, but- in England, they are literally like like you cannot speak ill of Queen. They of are course. they yeah. are just sort of on the highest like right up there with not not with like the Beatles or whatever, but you know yeah, like yeah. just sort of like everyone could name twenty songs. Yeah. Like if you put mm-hmm. any of their songs on in like a club or whatever, everyone's gonna like go like ah! you know it's sort of like very unifying music. Right, right, yeah. I, and I think that that uh, one of the things that that's interesting about that is that there's kind of like this receive wisdom of queen that they like fell off in the states and got like cheesy sure to american mm. sentiments in like the late 80s early 90s and then were like re-established by wayne's world right uh, right right huge, which is like, another early entree yes. for me yes uh <laughs> and that that you know after wayne's world bohemian rhapsody went back to i believe like number two or something on, right. yeah something yeah. on the charts and there's like some kind of common wisdom of that it's like oh wayne's world made it cool to like queen again in the states but i guess that falling off never happened in in the uk i I don't think so i i can't really speak to that sort of early 90s period like after he but i don't think so i think they've always been this they're almost like like a family band and like you say they're like a soccer band like they it's 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 bizarre to think about that considering like freddie mercury's life but yeah like it is anyone could sing you know a dozen queen songs in britain what is wild? What ends up becoming soccer songs yep. these days? Like Fallout Boy. Like Fallout Boy. Yeah. Or, or the White Boy. Stripes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or all those weird jaunty uh, tunes that we were listening to on the uh, Blur episode. Oh yeah, Vin- Vindaloo. Vindaloo. Yeah. Well, th- oh, those Vindaloo were is oh. purposefully. Wait, wait, wait. Do you guys want to talk about Vindaloo? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. I actually got that song randomly stuck in my head again this Fat week. Les. Like it was, Fat Les. it was intense. We, Lily Allen's dad. Yes. And, and the bassist from Blur. Uh, right. Right. We did oh a whole up on the bassist from Blur. <laughs> The, the Alex James, the yeah, sexy yeah. Alex James. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Do you have Vindaloo memories? It's just that, so, all right, this is a tangent, but no, keep it's okay. Go for it. uh, you haven't even talked about Queen yet, but yeah. in England, you know, the, the, the national anthem of Britain is God Save the Queen, which right, is right. a fairly, like, boring song <laughs> yes, that doesn't really have any, you know, it's not a very exciting song. Yeah. The lyrical content is not very exciting. So every, like, 10 years, people are like, should we have, like, a new national anthem? <laughs> you know? And so the, the bookmakers or whatever will always be like, what should be, you know, what what's the odds on favorite if we had, and there's, you know, plenty of, like, obvious songs like classical songs like Jerusalem or Rule Britannia but then Vindaloo will always be like sort of the, the pot like 50 to 1 like <laughs> we're going to score one more than you it is it is like yeah you know, everyone in England knows that freaking uh, song most fair. Anglophone nations should uh, change their national anthems because none of them slap no it's true it's yeah. a bad I mean the French national anthem obviously yeah. rules but I mean like <laughs> apart from that no Man, like okay, I have a soft spot for Canada but like barely oh, Canada's alright starts strong it's and sweet. then it, yeah, it, it loses it, steam and really then it quickly. just keeps going. Yeah. If it was like 40 seconds long. What about you, Molly? How do you feel about I, Queen? I grew up with Queen from my dad. Um, I kind of associated it as like almost children's music in a way, even mm. though. I think that's, that's fair. Because yeah. it's, so, it's so musical, like so musical theatery, a lot of it. It's mm-hmm. so percussive. And then like now listening to like kind of even seeing it in the movie's context, I'm like, it's really about like masculinity and confidence and yeah. like all these things that I didn't understand when I was five. Yeah. I was just like Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. rules and is cool. Especially their like early seventies stuff also has that like English folk tradition right. stuff mm-hmm. in it. Like weird uh, uh Tin Pan Alley. Uh, right. This is the tail end of like Zeppelin and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Right. But then also like I was playing like lazing on a Sunday afternoon for you the other day and that's got like that uh Oh God! Now I'm going to do it. Not Rogers and Hammerstein. Who? Uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh, who was the yes. third one that we were saying? That- uh, Raymore and Flanagan. <laughs> yes. Raymore and Flanagan. Yes. The, the great British librettist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that children's music is like not a weird take for them. I think you know? that them. I mean, again, like when I was a kid, I truly responded to Queen. Yeah. And I used yeah. to watch Gladiators, mm-hmm. which you had American Gladiators. Yes. In Britain, it was just Gladiators, but ah. they were British Gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is one of those shows that like in re- retrospect I'm like the black gladiators were called shadow and nightshade like when you think uh, back on it you're like what was going on in this show that yeah. I watched but Queen featured very heavily in gladiators mm-hmm. lots of Queen songs would be played again stadium it's stadium, stadium music yeah, didn't is. remember when um, it was Britney Spears Beyonce and Shakira did the Pepsi commercial and oh, they sang yeah. we will rock you and they were like gladiators they right. were in a gladiator pit very wow. chill Yeah, I wonder if that is a weirdly derisive of this gladiators show. Gladiators, man. <laughs> Seriously, just Google you Google like Wolf Gladiators, guys. You'll have fun. He was the villain of Gladiators. That's shocking to learn that Gladi- that American Gladiators uh, came from a British thing mm-hmm. because American gra- Gladiators seems so it's uniquely so American. American. It's yeah. true. You're right. And occasionally they would cross over with the American Gladiators, and it would be fun to see the. I forget what was it like. What was it? What were their names? There was I, I don't uh, remember any of the gladiators' names. I just remember right. the big foam uh, yes, batons yes, the, the, that they whack each the other little with. Little drumsticks they would hit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, bring that back. That was great. I guess that's what we have like Ninja Warrior for to fill that sure. thing. But someone like, could actual, bring it back because yeah. there was like theater. It had like yeah. a WWE like sort of flair yeah. to it. They would like yell and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. No, it's I no, it's derailing. Good. No, it's good. It's great. We, we, we All like the tangent. All right. So we all feel, have fond feelings about Queen, nay, even like, uh, uh, you know, primordial, like a deep associations yeah. with mm-hmm. like childhood. So uh, I'm sure that we all then came into this movie with uh, a, a 
bit of a high expectation. Uh, oh, no, not me. But okay. you guys might have. Well, sure. not a high expe- a, a high expectation for the material. Right. A high fair, reverence right, for right, the material. Right. Yeah. I mean, I walked in prepared to be disappointed. And I was not wrong. Well, I had my hopes up because we I love A Star is Born. I feel like that Great was movie. such a good music movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe people have kind of figured out how to do this a little bit more. Yes. Some and people have. Some yes. people have. Sure. Uh, but not not this. Yes. Big picture takes. Uh, this movie is not good. <laughs> no. Oh, no. No, no it's, it's, it's not good. But I think the ways that it's not good are interesting and revelatory about how we talk about music and music industry stuff and musicians on film. And I think talking about uh, stars born is such an interesting comparison to this because that movie makes music and musicianship and musicians feel so real, sure. real and so lived in, even if like the details about it, i.e. the stuff that people make fun of, like someone getting famous being the, like a YouTube, a YouTube clip, clip sure, from like right. an alt rock set at a you know co- hey yodel yodel boy yodel walmart guy <laughs> right. had a fucking coachella set so, in like a month after he went viral so never right. never stop believing in your dreams but you know that the uh the 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 music details of it seem are like the, the frame around it is not right or real but the insides feel so real and mm-hmm. lived in whereas you have something like this which often befalls a biopic where all the details are real and right but the actual insides of it feel not lived in or observed and, no. and very hollow. Yeah. Hokey. It's very finessed. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It, it, I mean, everyone's made this point, but it makes like all the walk hard mistakes. Like it does mm-hmm. every yes. f- firmly established thing that you mock from a kind of movie. Like, right. This. Like it's not like that's news that music biopics fall into these pitfalls. Like, yeah, we've been making fun of that since, you know, 10, 15 years. Yes. And this movie's just like, yeah, let's just let's we'll just, just do, do that. that we'll just like do like a potted history with like a bunch of yeah, okay, yeah, let's do that. We'll be like all his the, dad will disapprove of him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll have like a scene where that Even happens. His da- the, the dad disapproving thing uh, is so funny because it's such a weird needle that they managed to miss threading of his dad being displayed as like a kindly. Right. Zoroastrian guy <laughs> who just wants like good things to exist in the right. world. And somehow doesn't approve of this his son making his son this being wonderful a millionaire, <laughs> an extremely popular millionaire that makes that so clearly makes millions of people right. so happy. Right. Like right. it would be impossible to look at this and be like, mm, "This is not good work." This, that this is, is not good work unless you are specifically deeds. raising money for Africa. Do yes. you know if there if that was the relationship? I have no concept of his actual relationship. Uh, I know that he was fairly observant. Uh, I know that right, right. like, like his. They, care like that he was in queen like I could, were they I mad about it i, I, I don't really find any information yeah. about his relationship with his father i think his intimate life like his yeah. inner life is a little mysterious like even now like yeah you know, there are maybe there are things that are sort of hard to know yeah and the film like i guess it, it tries to make everything that should be uh mysterious like opaque and everything sure. that should be opaque you mean uh, uh transparent uh, transparent, transparent. Right, right, yeah right, right. so yeah do you want to talk a little bit about the what you know about the development of this film? What I okay, yeah, of course. Um, so I feel like this movie's been in uh some form of development for like probably now on twenty years, like mm-hmm. many many years, and you probably have a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just know that there was the version in development with Sasha Baron Cohen whenever Sasha Baron Cohen sort of like got big when he was so like I guess sort of the early mid two thousand. Yeah, when he was got big, but then like finished doing. His like character stuff, right? He was right. Bruno was put away or yes. whatever. <laughs> I can I can take off these transparent suspenders, right? 
<laughs> and I don't even know. I mean, Dexter Fletcher had been who like sort of directed this movie, like, and is like whatever. <laughs> I mean, he's not an artiste. He is a, a workmanlike British actor who's turned into a director. Um, but he was attached at some point, I think, mm -hmm. which is, I don't understand like what happened <laughs> there. But and anyway, from what I know is that Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to do a more naughty mm -hmm. queen movie, probably mm -hmm. more of an R-rated approach. Mm -hmm. um, and that Brian May and um, Roger Taylor were not into that. They have like total you know control over the queen empire and, right. and like rights and they could sign off on what is, whatever script. And that was sort of the that was the roadblock. Like Sacha Baron Cohen's talked about that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is that yeah. my tail and tails out yeah. of school? Yeah, I, 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 that's what I remember too. And I also sure. remember people being very excited at the idea of Sacha Baron Cohen playing. Yeah, it was Freddie Mercury. The physical resemblance, I guess, sort of fired everyone. He looks up. good in the mustache, right? <laughs> uh, what but do you also guys think? Th thinking about that in and that trajectory of like watching him play Bruno and then being like, that guy should play Freddie Mercury. Sure. Seems a little weird. That's in a fair point. Yes, he's a good singer. Yeah. I mean, or like I'm trying to like in Sweeney Todd. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other times I've heard him sing. Apart I from forgot like, about Sweeney Todd. He's geez. good in yep. Sweeney Todd. Yeah. I love that scene in Sweeney Todd. Um, I guess Les Mis. He was in Les Mis. Oh, I did, He's I, one of the. I did not see Les Mis. The nasty bartenders in oh, Les Mis. Yeah, they were hoteliers. Whatever. Well, he's just like such a consummate entertainer that yes. I just imagine. Like if you're right. like. If you were like, he's an award-winning tap dancer, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. And he's very, very actually, actually a very talented, like physical actor, mm -hmm. which is so crucial for uh, this role because you need to be like, you know, charismatic mm -hmm. on stage and mm -hmm. all that. Whatever. It all went yeah. away. And then it gets revived, um, I guess, with this sort of like more sanitized, more family-friendly script. Yeah. It's like the script is like optioned from Brian May's fond it feelings. seriously feels that way. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, a script that makes sure to be like, hey, Brian, good job writing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anytime. I actually do appreciate that. I mean, I, I would agree, actually. It is important not to, like the movie would have been unfair if it was just like Freddie Merck, who was a fucking genius and he, he wrote everything. all the songs or, you know, and it's <laughs> right. Obviously it's taking care not to do that. But uh, so Peter Morgan, who's sort of like the master of the bland British biopic, he's written <laughs> so many of them. Some of them are good and some of them are whatever. He got a story credit. So I guess his script was maybe thrown out. And then Anthony McCartan, who wrote Darkest Hour, the Churchill movie from yes. last year. Ah. Another like finesser of real life stories yeah. who I talked to at a party last year. <laughs> in Toronto for Darkest Hour and he seemed nice. Okay, <laughs> Told me about the makeup and uh, for Gary Oldman and how it had the consistency of yogurt and I was like... Oh, girl, like regular disgusting. yogurt or Greek yogurt? Know. Those are two very different... I think more of a Greek yo yeah. yogurt. 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 It seems way too but runny then, for but prosthetic then I, makeup. Then I interviewed the director of Darkest Hour and I brought that up and he was like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and I was like, fair enough, he's the writer. Anyway, he, he is the credited writer, so I, whatever, I guess he wrote this thing. And Rami Malek, mm -hmm. uh, who is an uh, Egyptian-American, mm -hmm. I believe, uh, actor, gets attached from Mr. Robot, and people are again, into it, I guess. Because again, you watch his performance in Mr. Robot, and you're like, this guy should play <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I love he Rami. Was, right, exactly. I feel like everyone was sort of high on Rami. Yeah. What else have been, you know? We're all, yeah, sipping the Malik. And they hire <laughs> Brian Singer. Yes. Um, who, I mean, like, you know, obviously he's a director with a, a successful track record of X Men mm -hmm. movies 
and a sort of semi-successful track record on other of things. Non, of non right. yeah. And someone who, even when he was hired, like certainly had a Hollywood, a history of behavior in Hollywood that had been reported on, but mm-hmm. like he was always very litigious and uh, very sort of like quick to fight back with right. any, you know, so mm-hmm. like had done an okay job of keeping anything from like sort of spilling over. Right. Yes. So it is sort of openly gay, but also like has a female partner with it and they have a child. So I don't know what's up there, but like, but I mean, I guess like Fox was sort of trying to say, look, we hired a queer artist to make the movie about Freddie Mercury. Like, is that good? Right. I don't know. Like, I mean, I remember when he was hired, everyone was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, That's what I, my memory of the reaction to that. Yes. Uh, I mean, the Brian Singer thing, Molly, do you know much about this story? I vaguely remember reading a Gawker piece like a while ago that might have mm-hmm. actually like Again, beat it by a little very bit. very litigious. Yeah. So be careful. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he has yes. Sent, his lawyers have sent me nasty emails. In the oh, my God. Oh, okay. So keep an eye on it. Uh, uh, but cool. you know, allegedly he, whatever, has yes. had some, yeah. some, some problems with, you know, uh, romantic relationships that were underage possibly possibly I, allegedly, allegedly right allegedly. and and sure. yeah but that's actually not what uh that's not what came up in the production of this movie it was yeah him just being a delinquent director <laughs> right he was like doing the wes anderson thing and directing via email uh or just like not yeah even more just kind of like i'm stressed out i can't like uh, do anything so we need to like take a break <laughs> I mean, there's a big Hollywood Reporter story that just dropped about it. I mean, they, so Fox officially fired him from the movie and like replaced him with another director. Um, but then after the movie came out, like there was a big story that was like, right, he apparently just got really stressed out, said his mom was sick, like, you know, mm-hmm. vanished from set and was like, we can pick up the rest in January or something. And Fox was like, no, you're fired. Right. But also this story makes clear that Fox was like fully aware that he pulls this shit like this had happened before and had like sat down with him and been like, Brian, you know, we'll give you the job as long as you don't break the law. This is from the story. Don't break the law and show up to set, which like it's not is that big of a standard. Exactly. That you would have to codify this seems. But anyway, look, he, uh, he did not show up to set. So millions of hardworking Americans do fill both those contracts every day. And they're uh, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Don't yeah. break the law. Show up to work. <laughs> but anyway, so they replaced him with this guy, Dexter Fletcher, but he is singer is the credited director of this movie, which pans out. It is like usually for like weird DGA. It's roles. a union thing. He yeah. was like on set or whatever. He was the credited director for most of production. For like so 50, like 50% right. plus so one he counts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He says he's so proud of the movie, yada, yada, yada. And Fox is like, we don't want to talk about it. Like that does, seems to be how does it's he broken say, down. You know, there could be a room of a hundred people and 99 won't believe in you. And all you need is one person to believe in oh your dreams. <laughs> and everyone's like, cool, Brian. Thank you. And like Rami Malek's doing interviews and people are asking about it. And he's like, I understand that you have to ask me about that. Like, or whatever. Like that's, <laughs> that's his answer. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But then the movie came out and was a huge hit. So they literally, dodged the bullet yeah. yeah you know like it looked like so many things could have gone wrong with this thing but i don't know yeah it worked that i mean that that is the what fr- an inspiring lesson right. i know <laughs> it's, it's hollywood <laughs> fucking, can i swear i can yeah of yeah. course yeah. oh yeah 
Uh, I yeah. just like saying, can I swear when I'm a guest? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's basically mandatory. It's gone past the, the point of being like a podcast cliche yeah, right, right, right. to actually just, just do it because can that's what yeah, <laughs> you do on podcasts. You we, ask we, want that, mm-hmm. we want that fat E next to our, right, all exactly. of our episode right. names. Yeah. That's what's a little gobsmacking about all this is that it, it seems it's like one of those, those Hollywood things where it seems like everything should go wrong. They made this like, kind of rudderless film about right. something that is that got bad reviews that got bad reviews right. about something that is beloved right. and cherished and well known by a lot of people Absolutely. and like worldwide people iconic. very seriously yes and somehow like tripped all over themselves and failed upwards and now everybody involved will do more we'll be like thumbs up we thumbs did a great job more. doing that red sun is going to be awesome and like most confusingly of all, it fe- seems like people, at least people on Twitter, like who cannot be trusted, but like, you know, <laughs> who are mad at me and other people who gave it bad reviews are like queen rules. Like this movie's yeah. about queen. And I'm like, <laughs> I like queen, but like it's the movie's a little disrespectful to a lot yeah. of the queen story. Yes. They're, they, I guess they just don't is care. Led, big Led Zeppelin paying you off to, yeah, that's to, what it is. Uh, right. yeah, 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 negatively yeah. review this movie. Big yeah, Robert plants in my DMs. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, good job. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so, so hats off to them. I don't know. The yeah. movie's a, a huge hit. All right. Well, let's talk about what actually happens in this film a little bit. Yeah. As we said, it, it kind of, uh, hits every cliche and has mm-hmm. this weird, as I said, rudderless feeling where even though it's like highly produced and very slickly directed, it's still kind of like meandering through all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like all the musical transitions were just like made me kind of forget what order the movie happened in. Right. Yeah. And yet I feel like checking. every scene was like, okay, this is the scene where his dad is disapproving. This is the scene where it seems like he might not be cool enough for the band, but he actually is. Yes. This is the scene where, you know, like it, that's how they wrote it. But then I just remember watching him like, it just seems like it's just a bunch of guitar solos sure. punctuated yeah. by like, People writing songs and crying, <laughs> but right. Same, I mean, same. And writing, writing songs where they're just sort of like, I wrote a new song. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's like dramatized, particularly. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it is. The, going, the yeah. thing that I've said about the movie The Room um, sure. is that the reason it feels so awkward and bad is that every scene begins with usually someone like walking into the room. It's like, <laughs> oh hey, right. oh hey. Yes. I feel like that's what this movie was like. It's right. always, and it's like. Hey guys, um, I wrote a song. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Hey guys, um, uh, just talked to a record label guy. Hey guys, <laughs> uh, everyone stand there and clap your hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this movie begins as we've talked about on this show. Every music story is contractually uh, obligated to begin in media res. Right. Uh, at so, Live Aid. Someone's got to start beginning these stories with someone literally being born. Like, yes. Right. Like we're going physically. to start at like the very beginning. Right. As right, a baby. Right. Yes. Uh, it's with a kind of long tracking shot uh, through a bunch of bullshit um, mm-hmm. as as Freddie is about to go on stage at Live Aid. Hard cut. England in 1969. Sure. Um, Whatever university. they which, Whichever university yeah. it is. I forget. And uh, Freddie is going out to the disapproval of, as we mentioned, his uh, strict Zoroastrian mm-hmm. parents God. who only want him to do uh, good good words, good deeds. Good life. Good, good thoughts. Right. It's not even like they're like, you should be a lawyer. Yeah. They're more just sort of like, just do good things. Like, yeah. Stop going right. out so much. Right. Man. Which again is like a weird thing to make as like, like a stern father thing of like, yeah, just be right. kind of a good, du- good guy. <laughs> like, like you don't know what I'm doing out, out in the world. All right. Well, as long as you're doing hugs. good. Yeah. yeah. Free hugs. Uh, so Freddie goes or young Farouk at that time, uh, goes to see a band called smile. Mm hmm. 
at the local university, which he apparently is a, quite a groupie of. Uh, Smile's lead singer quits in the, after their first song. And a little bit of background uh, information. The original Smile singer, Tim Staffel, mm-hmm. left to join a band called Humpy Bong. <laughs> Humpy Bong. Hey, it was the late 60s. Yes. Hey. Uh, sure. So... Humpy, uh, Humpy Bong didn't make it. Humpy okay. Bong didn't really That's make it. Damn. I've got their own Wikipedia page, so they made it in a little bit. All right. Yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> want a bad legacy. And by the way, I don't want to like go through every plot detail of this. We can like do the big. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I hon- you're honestly, you're not going to have a lot. Yeah. Pretty yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah. It, it just, anyway, but yeah. yeah. No, he, meet, he meets the guys. Well, it's <laughs> well, frustrating. It's you? just this thing of like, for, well, for one, he's got these teeth, and I'm immediately yes, just I like, staring God. at the teeth. Oh my god! Because like, I, yeah, I know Freddie Mercury had like a big mouth. Yes, but I did not. I never really thought of him as a buck-toothed no. man. Me neither. Like, I would right. No, I would never have thought of if you could t- have asked me before I saw this movie to list things I thought about Freddie sure. Mercury all day, and I would never have mentioned be like no. mustache, right? Great mustache, style, yes. amazing ass. I would uh, have yeah. not said buck-toothed. Yes, no. it's just it's just very distracting to look at him <laughs> right it's away. Just one we, of those we beelined home and like watched some actual live footage. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, this is no. not like we watched the real live. Aid. And I was like, this is totally different right. because I'm not staring at his, his four, and that four they- lip, <laughs> four lip, four lip, right. Four right. Lip. right. From, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those decisions where you can imagine that they like got out of the makeup test with him wearing that thing. And how many people in the room had to be like, yeah, this is great. Let's do Good. it. Sure. And you're like, how, how or like, you know? what was the guy? The guy who was like, mm, could we bigger? Like, could <laughs> yeah. we? As, I feel like they need to be really big. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> and the, all the work that you can tell Rami is doing yeah. to like make them work in his mouth and to like have the, the accent right seems really hard. Yeah, it was probably a pain in the ass. Like, yeah, he's got these stupid teeth on. He has to do an accent. Yes. He's got to sing. Not that he's singing most of the time. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's singing. Um, yeah. and uh, it's uh, it's weird. And it's one of those things when you're watching a music pie pick, you're like, I guess this was a thing. Like when you're <laughs> in it, you're sort of hypnotized, and you're yeah. like, oh, I guess like I guess he went to a concert and the lead singer quit and he went to see them afterwards and they were like, you yeah. want to be the new lead singer and it happened that easily. And then you leave and you're like, of course it didn't happen. Yeah. What am I, why did I think that would be how it went? Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. it's all just movie logic. Yeah. yeah. And it tricks you with the true story, you know, dressing. And I'd say like one of the, the biggest flaws here is that it, even if you're trying to like get swept up in that movie logic of, you know, the, the, these are the broad contours of how yeah. a ba- band gets together, even if the specifics are a little fudge, but like mm-hmm. stuff like the teeth, take you so, so out, out of, of the movie. And Roger Taylor's mean to him about the teeth yes, too. Because they have to like, explain it. He right. literally has a line in the movie that's like, I've got more teeth in my mouth than normal right. people. Right, small mouth, big guy for singing. Or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, okay. I mean, it's like, is his superpower yeah. was extra teeth? <laughs> like, it's weird. Don't, yeah. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Uh, how does that make you have right. more range? Right. I don't think it's it your would help mouth. With, it would help with dynamics, like <laughs> sure, louder, sure. louder. But like, uh, how does that have to do with the chamber of his mouth is longer. It's like a trombone. If you have a longer trombone, it changes the. Uh, it seems like it should be wider. I feel like most of the work is happening in your in your larynx, not your. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, don't I don't. I don't. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> But yeah. Again, you go home and you Google like the, if we tell ourselves stories like in an order amazingly to live. big mouth, <laughs> yeah. and you don't see anything where it's like famous for his large mouth. Freddie Mercury, born nineteen forty nine, famous for his large mouth. Right. Oh, and, anyway, but he he joins Queen or he whatever. Jo- he, yes, joins he joins. Smile. They become Queen. Right. 
uh, they uh, immediately start just generating songs out of nowhere. And as you sure. uh, forecast or uh, foreshadowed before, w- another one of the big failures of this movie is the idea of songwriting, mm-hmm. in which it tries again trying to have it both ways of like belaboring that all members of Queen were productive made songwriters, their, right? Made their contribution, even if their big contribution was the car fucking. It song. makes fun of the I'm in love with my car many times, but yes, yes, yes. Uh, which. I would say as somebody who appreciates like the group work of musician, of mm-hmm. band musicianship, mm-hmm. I, it's not something you normally see in this. Usually That's when, true. You, when you see a biopic about, um, you know, a, a singular talent like Freddie Mercury, everything is condensed into like, this guy is a genius. Everything flowed from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, everything is the product of like his, Ray yes, or, exactly. uh, or Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, solo artists, I feel like are usually the ones, that get wedged into this format. Bands mm-hmm. are harder. Yeah. Yeah. And by all accounts, they are, they were a very collaborative band. Right. And like, as I mentioned, Brian May's guitarmanship in, speci- in specific is like also like a once in a generation talent. You know, mm-hmm. he is a virtuosic guitar player who also had a keen command of the technology around him. He right. built his own guitars and, and they, they don't touch on that. No, yeah, but that's no. a part that they don't touch I on. I know they don't touch on that. They have that thing early on when they're recording in the studio like swinging mics and they're around. swinging shit around and they're like, oh, doing a bunch of weird things. Put but it, I'm like, what are they? Can you tell me what they're yeah. doing? Is that a thing they would do? Like, yeah, yeah. come on. Yes. And trying to uh, link any part of the physical creativity that you can see on screen sure. in a movie, mm-hmm. they'll like putting whatever it was like an alarm clock on the piano strings or whatever with any part of their minds or characters or personalities. Yeah. It's very hard to dramatize creativity. Mm-hmm. Like it's apart from like he meets a lady and then he writes like a, la- a, love a song, song about a like, lady. Yeah. Like obviously you can make those very simple connections, but like I understand that it's hard to explain how someone would write Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Yeah. Like you don't want to do the stupid thing of like, he walks by a homeless guy on the street going like Galileo. <laughs> and he's like, ah. like, but uh, this movie, right. Does mostly just doesn't make the effort. Yeah. Yeah. And when it does, even when it doesn't make the effort, it then like tries to call out its own stuff. Like the mm-hmm. scene with Mike Myers. So the, <sighs> Queen gets a so this is the scene where I had like a panic attack. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So Queen gets, they start making songs. Sure. They get a little famous. They get shopping around for managers and producers. Little finger shows up. He's, right. he's going to do this thing. <laughs> Playing that he, a normal, nice man. Yeah. Yes. Weird casting of him. It who, was weird. weird. Who nonetheless gets fucked over by the machination, by the intricate power play machinations around him. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Got sonsed. And uh, produce an album, <laughs> right. and this all leads up to moon doored. Yeah, <laughs> moon doored by uh, Paul. Yeah. Um, this all leads up to. Uh, Wait, first, can yeah. I say that there? It's bookended. The there's the scene where they tell Mike Myers that they are going to write Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> yes. right? They, they, they give is, him this sort of opera pit. Yeah, right? and yeah, he's yeah. like, no, and then they Awful do it. Idea. And then right. yeah, so it's it's it, it, they kind of like pointed in the in the stands to hit their home run. Yeah, which so it, it takes all the air out of it anyway. Yes. like we know it's the movie's it's called Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it certainly so that's is. the t- titular. That's the part of where you song. lean over to your date and whisper, yeah. "That's the Bohemian Rhapsody." <laughs> the Bohemian right. Rhapsody was you know the friends we made along the way but they they called their shot and so there's it takes all the air out of it there's like the spontaneity that you might have thought was going to happen with the writing of bohemian rhapsody just like doesn't happen i'm like okay cool 
Um, right. he, he told them to sing high. He yes, told they, them to sing yes, high. Yes, they do sing high in opera. That's yes. the right. thing, you know? You, you yeah. have John Deacon. I mean, yeah. not John Deacon. Roger Taylor singing high. Yeah. Uh, what, what Everyone else sings. Brian May does guitar, guitar and he's like, okay, sure, but again, they like brilliant. Well, he like speaks through the guitar to the amp, which is like, uh, you know, it's like an interesting little touch of like what that. recording life sure, might right. be. Yeah, but it's all like montaged away into being like Freddie Mercury is exacting, rather than like this is a wild exploration of sound and the most expensive record produced to date, which right. it was. And right, and they're not. I mean, they're giving you some sense that it was a, a long, epic production process, but like you could probably make a whole movie just about them in the barn doing yeah. this thing where they're making this absurdly expensive album and that the label would, is like, what the fuck are you doing? That like, would be a better movie. Probably. It was all, the whole movie was just that, recording right. Bohemian Rhapsody. Because, and yeah, and then instead it's more just like, right, Freddie Mercury decided that they were going to do opera songs yeah. and then he yelled at them until they did it and yes. then they did it and it was great. Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> like, that was good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, which leads to this, this incredibly baffling scene uh, where Mike Myers is playing uh, a cameo of... A fake guy. It's yes. not a real person. No, it's not a real person. It's like an EMI guy. It feels like they had to write Wayne's world into the movie. I, yes. Like, <laughs> like Mike Myers doesn't do a lot of movies. No. He's sort of semi retired. Yes. Yeah. Apart from like he hosts the gong show, but he, <laughs> I, I don't know what Mike Myers is up to, but certainly like he's not desperate to I, be in your movie. Yeah. So yeah. Do you think they were like, Mike, you gotta be in Bohemian. Look, when we're talking about like, the queen story. We're right, talking yeah. about the, the iconic moments, uh, live aid, live at Wem Wembley, live mm -hmm. at uh, Hyde Park. Wayne's world. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I just like that. They, they called him in, called him to duty. And he's like, cool. Like what's your, what my costume be? Like, it's like if fat bastard had kept losing weight right. yeah, in the sort 70s. of skinny bastard. Yeah. Skinny right. bastard. Yeah. Um, Sir Freckly, red hair, yeah. big sunglasses. Sideburns. Right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little, uh, gold member, uh, uh, yeah. folded in with yeah. the, uh, mm -hmm. the tan. And he literally says in that scene, <laughs> people are not going to bang their heads in cars to this. Right, 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 right. Oh, God. And I guess someone, like, be it the screenwriter or Brian Singer or whoever is, like, behind the camera being like, this is so fucking clever. <laughs> just, like, leaning like, over oh to everyone. Oh, my God. you like, get it, get it. Get it. And I'm get just, that. so I saw this at a press screen, like an empty press screening at the Regal um, Ewok, mm. yes. where the bass vibrates up through the seats, which was nice in the concert scenes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I just... I was having like a conniption fit when I like sort of like one minute in realized like, that's Mike Myers. And then I was like, Oh, that's what they're doing. You know, like yeah. that sort of, and I had no one to bitch to, but uh, that was, that was well, what happened. Now to you me. have I'm the air. Sure. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. He's like, Bohemian raps. You know, oh, awful idea. Never. No. Yeah. It's, it's that for 10 it's minutes. It's the John Mulaney bit about how uh, uh, Mick Jagger would agree or disagree. Right. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The car song. Yeah. yeah. Not good. <laughs> right. He likes the good. car song. Yeah. They really shit all over the car song. It's a cheesy song, but it's but not like, the worst. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> They're really acting like it was like Queen could have either like gone Bohemian Rhapsody or the car yes, uh, song. The, the, yeah, the Eddie Van car. Halen uh, route. Right. Um, oh, I got to add that song to Songs About Fucking Your Car. My Songs About Fucking Your Car. I didn't playlist. realize you were building that. Playlist. Yeah. Well, That's it's that cool. in Panama, and I think there's one other. There's, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and again, it's like these things where there maybe are germs, uh, like tiny bits of this things in this movie to appreciate. Like, I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but besides the teeth, like Rami Malek's performance, I think is good and really sure. And like, 
I think physically, especially. Yeah. Like, yeah. On stage, he's good. Like yes. I like looking at him. Like I, I think he feels commanding. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and even though the like kind of how they did the vo- vocals for the songs was a little weird. Didn't it's like, love that. I but like during the performances, you're like, I buy this. This sure. is a good yeah. like filmed perform during the performances. Performance. It's great. Yeah. There's that scene kind of early on where he's singing "Happy Birthday" on yes. a piano in a house. And they have like, it's like a produced backing track is coming out of his mouth. And you're like, yeah, but I guess it's like they settled on, we're going to basically use the Freddie Mercury, Mm -hmm. you know, vocal sort of mix chopped up a little bit. Like it's, they're like mixing in like an impersonator and Rami Malek. Yeah. Who I've watched and he really does sound 93% of the way there. Missing the, some of the little like nuances. So they need that consistency throughout, I guess. But I remember when he was singing happy birthday, I was like, this is like, this whatever. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And like at certain moments, you know, like when he very first starts beginning to play piano at live, live aid, like Mm -hmm. you, you're in it. You get, mm-hmm. you feel it. Mm-hmm. And then the live, well, we'll get to the live. Aid, so. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap um, up with fucking live, live aid. aid. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there's that triumphant, like the headlines scrolling yes. by. <laughs> Everyone said it was going to be bad. Yeah, well, that's the other thing is that it feels like because it has that feeling of a cobbled together movie that's mm-hmm. had happened under various Which creative forces is, right. yeah. over like a decade. Mm-hmm. The elements like that where you could imagine a different kind of movie that was that whole, the whole movie was like their relation with the press and like the back and forth of things, yeah. maybe like a 24 hour party people type thing. Great movie. Uh, but it happens once and you're like, oh, is this movie going to do this now? And then it doesn't. It feels like Brian May has some axe to grind yes. where he's like, they all said it'd be bad. And yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I've got to dig up these reviews from 40 years right. ago. Yeah. Um, so Bohemian Rhapsody happens despite uh, Mike Myers' pro- protestations, sure. uh, and they get huge. Yeah, he's got like a romantic plot going on in the background with his his uh, you know Mary. local ma- Mary Mary <laughs> local sweetheart. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Like <laughs> this is a woman he left most of his estate to. Yeah, yeah. Clearly some kind of, but like the movie is I guess kind of frank about like yeah. Mm-hmm. They were more friends after a while than yeah. lovers. Um, I don't know. Yeah. She's a total trip. Everyone in the like, yeah. Yeah. apart from Rami, I couldn't tell you the names of the other actors. Like, they're kind of Gwillem. anonymous. Gwillem Lee? Is Something that, like that, that it? Yeah. yeah. As, as Brian? I yeah. will say that for the casting, they really got guys who look exactly like the Right. I, I guess that's what they were going for uh, first and Yeah, foremost. like complete. Right. Just total replicas. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I, I was distracted by the drummer because I thought he looked really young and then like stayed looking really young. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the real drummer. I was like, oh no, this is basically right. What he was kind like. of a baby face. Uh, down to like the guy they got to be John Deacon is like as aggressively normy. Right. As oh, yeah. the real John Deacon. It's the kid from Jurassic Park. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's oh, wow. electrocuted. Oh, that wow. kid. I mean in Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. He didn't get electrocuted in real life. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully not. Could've. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh yeah, Joe, Joe uh, I admired uh, their their dedication to capturing Brian May's dedication to having the exact same hairdo since that, 1969. That you still got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's slash ass hair. Oh yeah, slash. yeah. If he wore a big top hat. Oh my gosh, they should yeah. totally he play sort of, together. He is Britain slash like. And oh, I mean, yeah, I mean oh that God. in kind of a nice way and yeah. like. Yeah. Where like you know if there if there's someone's doing a a show like he'll play the national anthem or something like sure. on the guitar like you know they can always sort of bring him in to sort of just jam out for two minutes yeah yeah, yeah. 
Ah, that's a that's such a great national status to be at, like the nation's guitarist. <laughs> Where everyone's like, he's a good guitarist. Like, maybe he's silly. I don't know. But he certainly <laughs> is good at playing the guitar. Yes. He's got yes. the hair of a, of a barrister. He does. He does. Of the right, of, of which him. makes him an actual like that's yeah. legally like you, if your hair looks like that, you're you can just walk to, into court, yeah, yeah and just yeah. start trying stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess the big thing that I want to get to in like the second half of this movie that I think will hopefully lends into the big failure of this and like a general failure bio, biopics is how it handles his sexuality. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the way that I was thinking about this was I was thinking about this earlier today is how in like the walk hard model, the halfway point turn for these types of pictures is like they get big. The main guy discovers drugs or alcohol sure. or something. Right. And yeah, the, that becomes the bad thing. The vice There's that derails dip. himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And right. in this movie, Freddie Mercury discovering he's gay. Sure. Is the thing that starts the bad times for him. Right. He becomes more lonely and isolated mm-hmm. and easily easy to manipulate. Yep. And eventually, infected with HIV. Right. Yes. So they, they tie that all together in a bow of like, here was when things were like kind of on the up and up and here's when things were not so much. Right. And I do think that there's something so, even if for a movie like as ultimately like light and ramshackle as this, something very insidious of pinning that kind of what we usually see in like an addiction and like mm-hmm. fame adultery. No, you're absolutely right. To, to finding out he's gay. Having sex with men. Yes. <laughs> essentially. Which yeah. we don't really see, but And certainly there is a lot to be said about uh, you know, that time and currently, uh, you know, how that might isolate somebody. Sure. Sure. How it, you can make the entire movie about that. Yeah, sure. Like, and have that not be bad, honestly, probably. Because right. it's a complex thing. Yes. But instead, they basically boil it down to like him slow motion wandering through a sex dungeon. Right. That's yes. another one. I forgot about that. <laughs> Jesus. No, it's it's the right. The laziness is tips over to the point where it's almost offensive, where it feels like they're mm-hmm. blaming him for getting AIDS, essentially. Like, yeah. 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 And like. I think it's mostly laziness. I think it's mostly just like, yeah, well then, you know, there's the second act. It has to dip, right? Yeah. So we'll just do that. And you have like the, what was manager character? What, yeah, yeah. Paul? Who Paul? is this guy? He's he's, he's a, a real person. Yeah. I know, right? But like, who also, was he this malevolent? Like, I, or was he more just like a pain in the ass hanger on? I mean, type? the other band, so, they clearly hate him. I yes. mean, they yeah. signed off on that part of this. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, throw him into the bus. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we get most of the story from the band guys because uh, Freddie was not around to tell he it anymore. Dead. No. And they have said that this, you know, that this time this guy isolated Freddie from everyone else sure. and, and limited access to him and kind of drove him to his own ends but stuff like the solo album Roger that was fine like that was not a problem right yeah and Roger album. Taylor did two solo albums before Freddie Mercury right. did, did them in mm-hmm. real life and the solo album is sort of disco-y I haven't yeah. heard my, and like I think it was mostly just them being like yeah do the thing <laughs> we're not gonna do that stuff so you could do that stuff do like disco album I don't think I think all of, from what I've read, all of the latter half of this movie is yeah. made up. Like, just to create yeah. tension it's just kind of around sw- Right. Live it's sort Aid. of switching things around to make everything as, as dramatic as possible for when Live Aid happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And that that's what I also found in my little research on the back of this. Yeah. I don't know. How do we do mu- <laughs> music movies without having the, like, laughably tragic second act? Because it seems. Right. 
and it's not it, yeah. yeah right yeah it's they're they always fall into that pitfall and either you rebound or you die yes right yeah. like those are the two options for ending a movie like this yep yeah we were talking earlier like what's like a mu- good music movie you like uh good music i mean uh star is born but that is sure. just like a nosedive true in the second act as well true. i mean even that yeah. does the tropes they just do it they do it successfully sort of well and yeah. intimately, right? I mean, twenty four hour party people. I love that is a, a, mu- a music movie. I like. I haven't watched it in a long time. I've been meaning to put it back on, and I think that eventually we might do a little live stream commentary yeah, on yeah. it. That's that's an, but it's an abrasive movie mm-hmm. to watch. It's sort of like visually kind of nasty and muddy, and like yeah. it's trying. You know, mm-hmm. it's not an easy movie. Like these are trying to be. Yeah, Human I mean, Rhapsody is trying to be a very easy movie. Yes. Come on, Molly. Oh God. What's your favorite? I don't know if I have one. I'm just trying to think of like things that felt like unified mm-hmm. on their own and like Dream Girls, maybe. Like, Dream I mean, Girls it's a musical. Dream Girls is a fascinating movie. I think the failure of Dream Girls is that like I don't love that the songs are not Motowny enough for no. me. Like they're very Broadway. They're very Broadway, yes. Um, but I do like that. Right, they someone dramatized like how predatory Motown was. <laughs> yes, like, yeah. Into a bouncy music. And it was. I mean, it was fan. It was re, it was reality turned into to me a, a transporting enough fantasy that sure. it wasn't distracting. And here, like this movie, I don't. It's a just kind of splits the difference in a way that I found incredibly distracting. Um, yes, I'm really fond of Cadillac Records. I don't know. No one has ever seen this. I, movie. Ne- I, I never keep, saw I bring it. this up on like any podcast I'm on. <laughs> go I just go watch Cadillac Re- Records. Cadillac that Records. That was Beyonce's. Etta which James, Beyonce right? is yeah. in playing Etta James and uh, Jeffrey Wright plays Money Waters and you know no, this sounds good. It's about chess records and mm-hmm. in the 50s and it's about how like creatively uh, fascinating that place was and then how it all kind of went to shit mm-hmm. once money yes. gets involved. But it's mm-hmm. it's a little more industry focus which is probably a smart See, way to do it that's yeah. right yeah good and and we read a lot of music memoirs on this show mm-hmm. show and you know a lot of them do involve like addiction substance stuff and right. those mm-hmm. stories do always end up you know because they're real people's lives it's not trite right yeah uh, that's navigate yeah right. yeah mm-hmm. but they do follow, follow that ba- same basic structure when you're like putting it into a book and the industry stories are always more interesting because you know one of our favorite things on this show is the the like when the band becomes a business right how it changes things mm-hmm. and that dynamic can be so much more fraught and bring up so many more interior tensions about somebody's life uh personality issues that maybe weren't an issue when you were just doing it because you loved it right. and i think that that's a much more compelling story often than the thing yeah. that is the easiest to reach to is like oh well then he started drinking and right he was good at me. writing the songs and he did that and then he liked the drugs and he did that yeah and it was bad right yeah <laughs> so i think like the stuff like around like as we we're saying like the recording the album and like trying to get your right. vision something out like that right about the singular idea that you have versus all the pressures around you to not do it that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean that's a bit of a headier story you know there, there's this movie coming out next year called her smell which is a, oh a who's wild that title. alex ross perry yes. oh yeah um which is about a fictional band like so it's not you don't have to deal with the legacy of like a real person's story but it's sort of like sort of a sort of courtney love-esque mm-hmm. figure played mm-hmm. by elizabeth moss and that takes the Steve Jobs movie approach where it's it's three scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the first is like when they're big and tanking, you mm-hmm. know, when she's like going off the rails. The second is when they're like in the pits. And the third is like a show that where they're trying to rebound. 
And like that approach works where it's like we don't need all the fill in details. We can yes. figure that shit out. Like that is not a bad approach to yeah. this That's, kind of thing. That sounds way better than what they did with this. Like if they picked like a week in Freddie Mercury's life. Sure. Yeah. Or three different weeks over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that right. would just be we sort of hop so much more narratively uh, interesting because like you said there's too. too many songs you actually cannot <laughs> yeah. dramatize like them writing Radio Gaga or whatever it's right? too like, good they're too good yeah. yes god uh, it's a movie hindered by the quality of its source it material. is yeah it is it is yep mm. uh, so I just want to get to one more thing in the actual movie uh, just to slag on it just a hair more mm. which is the final sequence the live aid the live aid yes which this movie makes the decision to basically put on film an entire recreation of the band's like 20 minutes, 20 minutes set of 20 minutes of what is actually like a 28 minute set or something like that. Did you, did you also have the feeling when you watched it after like the second song where you're like, Oh wow. They're They're really going to do the whole thing. They're doing the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) I had that feeling pretty quickly. I mean, in Britain, that set is so revered Yeah, and it is when you watch it, you're like, look at this. Like he's controlling this giant crowd with like such ease, you know, Mm -hmm. But of course, he wasn't like just coming back from the doctor, yeah, like yeah. having been told he had AIDS, and he wasn't just reuniting with right. like they'd just like been on tour, and like it, that all sh- that's all made up. Yeah. yeah. So like there are no stakes to it. He's just good doing at being good on at, stage. Yeah. He's been, he did a good job. He's been frontman and queen for fourteen years right. straight. He's <laughs> good. Yes. At it. And so when you watch the actual footage, you're like, yeah. Freddie Mercury, right. great, but maybe this is not, this does not need to be your big yeah. finale. And it's just it, the devotion to recreating it. Even if like I hadn't sat down and like watched the live aid set mm-hmm. recently becomes one of those things where like it's commitment, like the fucking teeth, like it's commitment mm-hmm. to slavishly recreating the source material becomes distracting. Like mm-hmm. did they have to put the exact Pepsi uh, I would argue that yes they did (laughs) if I were directing this movie I'd be like we need the Pepsis in the right position those half plastic cups of plastic beer are iconic yeah Mm -hmm. you can't get the right mood without them honestly well also they have these shots of the crowd that just feel very janky yes oh it sucks so fucking bad it's like uh, uh, it just didn't even look it wasn't good I was like screaming about that this is probably my like main takeaway after we saw the movie I was like it just doesn't look realistic like if you've been or if you've seen anything that has a large crowd in it the dynamics of the crowd don't look like that everyone's not doing the same thing at the same time Right. right like Add a little friction. They're, my dudes. They're very my dudes. They're very gooey. <laughs> gooey. gooey. I, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't look. Yeah. It also, takes you out of it because it does. They're, they're doing this thing where they're like you're in this concert, yes, right? It's recreating the whole right. thing. Oh. Yeah. Also, like all the styling of like the close-ups of the extras too. I was just like, like you, you guys know what like white people look like in the mid '80s. Like <laughs> yes. they didn't look like that. Yes. They, they, it they was were, the shit mean, was a little. You know, chunky, chunkier. Yeah, sure. more no like, offense more to our, our British fans, but they did not look like British people. Ameri- I mean, Americans no, either too. Not, but yeah, I think this was shot in Australia too. Yeah, no, Britain was not cool in the eighties. Britain is cool in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. that's when Britain gets a little cooler. The eighties, I feel like, is Britain's like most uncool time. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, Thatcher is in office. Yes. Um, very the, dingy austerity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the music is sort of like. Uh, like Spandau Ballet like these are the big act you know like this sort <laughs> yeah. of very like goofy pop music which is fine like it's it has its place yeah. but um, yeah not cool which but is why cool. yeah which is, another, is not really cool yes. no which is lovable like yeah. it's fine right I mean that that is 
another tension that would have been interesting to explore is like their relationship to pop culture in yeah. general. Mm-hmm. And they had to shift and sort of mess with their image. Obviously yeah. they did. You know, they started out more like a they were like a rock band. Like Yeah. I really I enjoy those first three Queen albums oh, a yeah. lot, but they're they're night and day from their later stuff. Yeah. I saw a good uh uh thing about this for their like first ten or so albums. Uh, featured a distinctive no synthesizers exclamation right, point right. note on the sleeve, which everybody took to assume that they were like rolling up their sleeves, being like, "We're a rock band, right, goddamn uh-huh. it! We don't play with any right. of, any of those keyboards." But really, it was like a production note to be like, "Can you believe it? All these sounds are made with right. guitars." Match. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know how? Have you guys seen Mark Hard? Yes. No. I so have not. Mark oh Hard ends we should watch Walk Hard. with okay. him doing like a big rebound concert. Uh huh. And like then it freeze frames on him and like some text comes up and it's like he died six minutes ago. <laughs> it's very funny. And like this movie basically does that. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. freeze frames on him at freaking Live Aid and it's like ready. They released you know. like six albums after right. Live Aid. Steve Hyden, a music critic, uh, I guess he's at the ringer now. Um, he had a whole thing where he was like the, the production process on innuendo is fascinating. Like you could do a movie about that. Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. Freddie's about to die and he's like sort of throwing everything at the wall. And it's mm-hmm. this weird, like they, they had a whole period post live aid. Yeah. 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 He I, wasn't diagnosed till like the like later eighties. Three, three yeah. years later. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, we didn't even talk about the waiter the, he hits on. Oh, the waiter. Oh, oh, fall in love. Oh, Yes, wait, wait, we should uh, handle all this. Because even in the oh, the movie's own lo- logic, the relationship with his final love scene yeah. is he has a big party because he's sad. Right, dresses like <laughs> an admiral or whatever. I, I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's, there's uh, things. Uh, uh, that, yes, he has a big party because he's sad and lonely. Mm-hmm. Uh, because apparently, you know, money can't buy friends. Sure. Or can it? And also, everyone else in Queen is boring. Yes. <laughs> again, this movie's, again, very clearly like, Brian and Roger and John were just family men. Yes. Like, yes. Anyway, go on. And he he sexually harasses one of his uh, wait staff. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and apologizes. Then, then immediately apologizes. Right. But he feels bad. He and honestly, right. the the dude doesn't seem that that pissed after the no. initial pissness. He's right. like, actually, this I guess it's that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so it, it kind of gives the underhanded uh, commentary of like sexual harassment is not okay unless they're into it. Right. Yeah. And then, right. You know, right. But it could shot. be a good icebreaker. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, that character has a drink with him mm-hmm. and is like, you seem cool. You seem like a cool guy. Yeah. He's Freddie Mercury. Right. He's like, you know, look me up when you figure it all out, Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> Disappears for 30 the, the minutes, rest of the 40 movie, minutes. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And right before the last scene, Freddie Mercury goes to his house. Right. Says, I checked every uh, Jim Huff yeah, in the right. phone book. And until I found you, because he, want- before he goes to live, he gathers him, he gets his parents. parents? He yeah. finally like wins them pie. over. Wrap it all up. Also, Again, towards the end of the movie, when he has the mustache and those teeth, just like whenever he would go from to profile to turning to the screen, <laughs> all I could think of is Nigel Thornberry. Sure. <laughs> right. right. Uh, it is a Thornberry-esque face. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> the mustache. Yeah. And uh, the day of Live Aid mm-hmm. goes to his house and says, hey, you, basically. Let's you make would, it work. Yeah, right. let's make it work. Do you want to come to a rock show? And also be I'm like, playing one later today. <laughs> yes. And it's also, going like, to be fun. Be- you heard of it, Live Aid. Ario R- R- Speedwagon, they're going to be there. <laughs> oh, I love Ario R- R- yeah. Speedwagon. I love Ario R- Speedwagon. <laughs> oh, fucking uh, the guy who organized Live Aid. 
David, Geldof. oh, Bob Geldof. Geldof, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Who, again, the guy they got is like, I mean, he's not, I bet he's probably not even an actor. He just sort of looks like he Bob Geldof. He just looks Geldof. exactly like Bob Geldof. Uh, the scene where Bob Geldof's going, uh, going, nobody's donating any Zero dollars. <laughs> and then the second queen <laughs> right, turns right. on, it's just like cash floods yeah. in. From and the, you like cut to Mike Myers being like, <laughs> I still don't like on them. A, yeah, <laughs> on a tinny radio. <laughs> Bob Geldof, who, I mean, what, I mean, in Britain is an inescapable figure, even though yeah. he was not like, it's not like he had a lot of hits, but right? you just can't be rid of Bob Geldof. He'll always yeah. like rear his head up. And be I, like, he seems like a, like kind of an early reality show type figure where of. he had like one thing that was his actual thing and then right. just became like a pop culture guy forever. Yeah, he did live it. He was always, I mean, he has like an extremely torrid and sort of tragic <laughs> romantic like history mm-hmm. with like. You know, his wife left him for Michael Hutchins, who then killed himself because oh, yeah. his wife died. So yeah. he had to raise like all of the children. Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yep. And one of his kids died. Yes, recently. Peaches. 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 Yeah. yeah. Who, what a fucking tragedy. I know. So I guess Bob. Do, maybe do a spinoff, Bob Geldof. Uh, there's a lot in Bob Geldof's life, I guess. Yeah. But right, but he but it's not like Bob Geldof is a great musician. He's right. an okay musician. He was He's a good he no. I will call him like a connector. Well, yes, you know? that is exactly what he is. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go die. Now. I, believe I said Malcolm the word. Would well, have I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bleep that out when I. Yeah, when I edit this. yeah. But give it the Twitter asterisks, yeah. please. Um, I don't want Malcolm Stans coming after me. Yeah, it's such a weirdly wedged in like cathartic romance because it's so. Do stupid. they like go on a lunch before Live Aid or something? They have like tea. They have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm tea. trying to remember the order of it because in my head it's like Mary and his parents are like waiting in the back seat of a yeah. car. Oh, they go to his parents' house, right? Yeah, right. They right. It's, he picks right. up Jim. Jim first, then parents. Jim he parents. Had, the parents a, don't come. They just watch on TV. They watch right? on TV. He just sort of makes up with them. Yes. Yeah. So we're basically believing that after not seeing this guy for like four years, or, or I don't know what the time frame is. Something like really four years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. He picks him up at his house, has their first date. Mm-hmm. at his parent like the the idea yep. is like the first date is would you want to watch me make peace with my parents right. <laughs> and then they're in love and we're together yeah. for the rest for the re- of his yes. life right. yeah uh, it's 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 baffling um yes and it, yes. <laughs> yes yes it is yes it's very strange yeah <laughs> oh man but it's 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 all laziness it's yeah. all just yeah. them trying to fit everything in yeah. as cleanly as possible uh, the like, one other thing that i wanted to to bring up is one of the like few flickers of interesting things about this that could, you know, also be in a better movie is the thing about Freddie's identity and self, his actions and the differences between him and his bandmates making him lonely and sure. isolated. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you listen to a bunch of Queen songs selected in the right order, there mm-hmm. is this running theme of loneliness and isolation that mm-hmm. I had never really thought of. Sure. I mean, like I've read arguments that like Bohemian Rhapsody is a, is a coming out song mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is never really thought of as such, yeah. like, but it is kind of Freddie, like announcing himself in a way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean some of them, like somebody to love, obviously I'm yeah. trying to think of, wait, I want to break free is like Deacon, yeah. right? Like some of them are not written by Freddie Mercury. Yeah. But when you put them all together, they like just certain lines out of even songs, like another one bites the dust. You can sure. get, Feelings of isolation. And, and I mm-hmm. thought that there was, you know, just again, just enough of like something interesting there mm-hmm. to make you frustrated that we don't right. get a better movie. There's a good biopic. Right. Mm-hmm. In here. Yeah. The movie that you watch it and it's not like, ah, oh, I feel his loneliness. You look at it and you're like, oh, he looks lonely. Yeah. You know you're what right. I mean? He's That's sad. the difference. Yes. Like no it doesn't evoke there. anything. It's just like, oh, yeah, he threw a party and now he's alone. Yes. 
It, because he literally familiar. says, yeah. does I'm, lonely. Like, yeah. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. <laughs> Turn on this. I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> you stick your tongue to that. You can do it. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I'm, lonely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm turning on the light on and off, Mary. Opera. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's like in this I'm weird space moving. where it's like almost a parody. Yeah, of, it does. And yet, couple clicks to the to one way or the other, and it, and it would be. It makes me wonder if whatever Sasha Baron Cohen signed on to was, as he said, ruder, but not more of like an out and out comedy. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It may have been more outrageous in like that way mm-hmm. about how outrageous Freddie could be. I guess. And maybe like parts of whatever that thing is ended up in this weird. I'm sure some DNA is in there. Yeah, I'm sure these scripts have been sort of like worked on over the years. Um, I know that there is a certainly like you're saying, like there's certainly a better Freddie Mercury movie to be made. Right. But it won't be. No, mm. no, no, no. <laughs> I got mean, this. It's, it'll be shocking that like when you say uh, it's making tons of money. That yeah, it opened to 50 to do, million. Oh, yeah. they tried to do another one? To Queen, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Well, it'll be like- Queen 2, Another One Bites the Dust. Another right. One Bites, there another we go. The and they can do all the songs that I first loved off Greatest Hits Volume 2, exactly. which covers like the 85 to uh, to 91. I, I still think they have it in them to make an like mm-hmm. across the universe like movie that's like fictional and oh, uses sure. the, like some fragments, but is a totally new thing. I can totally see them doing it, especially how much money this, this movie made. Yeah, there's a, in England, there's a West End musical called We Will Rock You that is, I'm not sure if it's still ran, but it, it, it's still, it ran for many years. Yeah. That is that. It's like set in like a futuristic dystopia. Hell yeah. And like a Freddie Mercury-esque like hero rises <laughs> and defeats the bad people or whatever. Yeah. Oh and man, the, this sounds like the, the songs are queen songs for the Killers musical that I want to write, it's, which is it, also yep. set in a dystopian. It's yeah. that Damn idea. It. And it was like a colossal hit and ran for a zillion years. And every time I got out of Tottenham Court Road Station, there's this big statue of <laughs> Freddie you know doing the you know, yeah pose yeah um and so yeah they could make that i don't know mm. yeah i i i just don't see uh that kind of creative use of making a music movie mm-hmm. happening anytime soon because it's got to be like it's a queen movie mm-hmm. it's about queen yeah it's about the left fred and mercury mm-hmm. he's, right. he's the queen guy it's all about it's his whole life in a movie that's just like how you make a commercial movie like these yeah. right now yeah well worked it opened to fifty million dollars, which was way more than they thought. It's gonna make like Starsborn money. Big hit. Yeah. So there you go. Well, between this and Starsborn, huge uh fall for music movies. Definitely. Yeah. It makes me wonder if like two years from now we're gonna see a bunch more movies. We're gonna be besieged, one hundred percent. Because like yeah. the greatest showman last year it. too. Like oh, I yes, think Hollywood is just sort of like people Mama want Mia. musicals. Yes, Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Um yes. Sweet. We're going to be drowning. So this that's this, the other approach doing yeah. the the musical where it's like we yes. will use the songs, but it's a different plot. Like, but it's about know, having three baby daddies. Right. That three is, baby daddies. I hadn't thought about uh, that sequence of movies because The Greatest Showman, as you mentioned, was a huge, huge like, like su- surprise. Huge surprise. Mm-hmm. Hit. Yes. Uh, My friend said that they used a song from The Greatest Showman at, in her spin class. What? <laughs> like this? In, there's like a, a especially inspirational this song. This is me. I'm that, assuming. That, yes. yes. And yeah. she's like, yeah, they used it in spin. It was kind of weird. I mean, we're long past the time frame to do to review Greatest Greatest Showman. Oh, you could. I'm, I mean, you could always. <laughs> I mean, we can do whatever. The, whatever <laughs> that movie is demented. Yes, and also 
a, a historic abomination. Oh, tr- very true. It, right, because it is technically, it's a real person it's trying to be about, who sort was, of. Who was a monster. Very bad. Yeah. Very bad like, person. Basically a slave owner of disabled people. <laughs> yeah, who also was like, a, so, you know, like recurring politician who had yeah. terrible, like very bad men. None of that's in the movie yeah. at all. It's no, about it's a guy who wants to be a great showman. And make a family out of yes. all the weirdos. Yes. It's, it's so weird. It's such a weird movie. <laughs> It's yeah, yeah. I, I do kind of want to watch it to just for the baffling effects of it. Yeah, but it sounds like, you know, in the future, we're going to be able to do many, many more of these because there's going to be a lot of uh, fodder coming forward. Mm-hmm. What other groups should get this treatment? Oh, my gosh. The, the Janis Joplin biopic has been mm. in development hell oh, forever. Yes. People yeah. keep getting attached to that and then dropping off. Pink yep. was involved at one point. Yep. I would. I want that to be seen through, but I'm sure someone will fuck that, that up. That is a role, yeah, right. That I feel like actresses or singers are like, right. If I pulled that off, yeah, mm-hmm. I would look so amazing. Yeah, like, yes. yeah. Oh, that seems maybe like, like such maybe a maybe it's Lady Gaga. Oh, really? No. Yeah, that's her big follow up. That would be. I bet she's going to do a couple of like non-musical movies after this, and then maybe try to win several other types of awards. Sure, get that egot yeah. while she's still still young. I mean, she's that not John Legend style. You got, yeah, she's, that like, far, she's, she's done like 35. Every, she's yeah. like 33. Yeah. Or and I was going to say, she's already hit basically every medium in yeah. it. She well, just needs true. to get she the used recognition to round the bases for it, right? until she, yeah. Cleans yeah. Up. I don't know. I, I kind of also ma- imagine we were talking about this after stars, but we're talking lady Gaga, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. tangentially related named after radio Gaga. Indeed mm-hmm. she was. Um, yes. That, uh, <laughs> whether or not she would go and continue to act in musical roles or try to do, Trying to be like, like a serious actor. Now that I've done the, the, the transition role, right. where I did a role where I sang, now you're going to watch me just act. Mm-hmm. Her next role will be um, a, a teacher who's just trying to reach her inner city children. Right. Oh, God. Right. Right. She's yeah. going to freedom writers the shit out of, all out of her All her children are, uh, are SoundCloud uh, trap musicians. <laughs> oh and God. she has to tre- teach them how to actually sing and like compose on a piano. And then it ends with her like guesting on the fictionalized like Lil Uzi Vert track. Oh my right. god! Oh Jesus! Wait. So, but who do you want? What do I want her to do? Yeah. What music, What band? <sighs> Fucking Devo. Sure. That sounds great. I would what, do a movie about these uh, demented Ohio right. weirdos who have a sincere, warped framework to think about the world that they trick the record industry into making them a huge pop act right, right. about. Um, and all the weirdos that Devo inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soderbergh should make that movie. Oh my God. Oh my God. That'd be great. Yeah. And it's just like, we are low key and weird and lots of sequences right. of people like taking That's apart synthesizers. The opposite of the right. Like that might be fun. Cause right there, you know, they are low key. Yeah. And like, I think of like whatever guns and roses, I think of whatever band was just so publicly dramatic for so many yeah. years. Like that's what always springs to mind. Like, <gasps> like do a Motley Crue movie. Oh I don't my God. know. A, gun, just, they, a guns and roses eventually. movie would be amazing. Amazing. Uh, we have not covered the dirt on this show. Sure, yet. we're saving it for. But a that's of, like yeah. obviously yeah. that's a big one. To run. What if? Yeah. What are some things you've done though? Like, what are some stupid books? Uh, yeah. What are the scar tissue? Sure. And scar tissue right. We read Sebastian Bach's book recently, which was like ridiculous. That's I, an example of a rock narrative with no tragedy, right? Other mm-hmm. than like him re- being afraid on nine eleven that we were being attacked okay. nuclearly. All right. Okay. All right. So I love Sebastian Bach okay. as a like silly man who's right. like on Gilmore Girls and right. like he's. Mm-hmm. But he's like, is he like bad? Is he like a bad dude? He, he seems, seems like a bad like, dude. He kind of seems like, like a dumb 
but sort of reactionary means guy. Well. Uh, sure. Okay, well that's okay. I can live with that. Yeah. Dumb but means well is all right. Yeah. yeah. He he seems to keep kind of stumbling forward in life, fucking up <laughs> along the way, always apologizing. He, sure enough. the drill right. tweet. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm trying, trying to remove it. it. Right, yes, right, right. Yeah, yes. that's him. Which uh, is not like, you know, whatever. Yeah, which is not new gen or whatever. Yeah. As yeah. we talk about on that episode, the worst way the worst kind of, of fuck up guy to be. Yeah. yeah. If, no. If people call you out on your bullshit and you are like, oh shit, I didn't realize this was bullshit. Does yeah. it make you insane to read all these books? Sometimes. Okay. I don't get to read that much for fun anymore. Right, right. Because yeah. like <laughs> when I, I do, I'm like, oh yeah, that's like a that's like a real book. Right. I do a movie podcast and obviously I like watch movies for a living and that's yeah, yeah. fun. And but still yeah. sometimes you're like, fuck, I gotta watch this tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Especially and when like, it's uh, something like weird and uh and crazy that or something like I had to watch like Dark Shadows the other day. Like, <laughs> oh, we're, God. We're gonna, you know, and oh, like yeah, we're yeah. gonna do Burton next. Oh, and Burton um uh, you is know, that, is that exclusive? It might be exclusive. Oh. Um, um, check uh, you know, and that's like, um, dark shadows is not something you're ever going to be in the mood for. It's like, let me watch <laughs> yeah. Tim Burton's like third worst movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so you guys have to read all these books. Yeah. 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 Well, Molly can crush a book in an afternoon. It's definitely, which is, it's I guess definitely they're usually little, pretty easy to read. It's too, a little right? brain numbing though, right. especially since the same tropes get repeated mm-hmm. uh, over and over and over again. Uh, th- that is another, uh, form that these movies can take that I think is interesting is kind of the shaggy dog mm. story movie where it's just like interesting guy has an interesting life where sure. he just kind of does a bunch of Mark Twain right. and you know yeah and you like shit. can glean yeah. stuff from individual encounters and maybe there's an arc but honestly it's more just like isn't life weird <laughs> inside Lou and Davis yes oh, that's, that's a great movie yeah that's, a great movie. that's he just walks around and a bunch of shit happens to him yeah, and ends up where he starts mm-hmm. and that's an interesting way to do a movie like this. I love that movie. Uh, yeah, it's so a great good. movie. I'm just going back through our sure, catalog okay. and yes. seeing what would make good, good movies. Marilyn Manson. Mar- a Marilyn Manson Certainly. movie would be yes. kind of amazing. Just a whole, I mean, a whole like a nice... Spring Breakers ass thing set right. in like a 90s. Exactly. Florida it's a history weirdness. of an era, yeah. right, that is now sort of like fading. Yeah. <laughs> but like my teenage years. Florida Man. Yeah. Marilyn Manson Manson's, is a Florida he's, Man. He's, he's an old Although he's also, man. he's Midwestern too. Yeah. Is he from. Oh, it was Ohio and then to Florida. Moved to Florida. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, Sherry Curry would be a hellish movie. They made a Runaways movie. They, they did, did but, but did bad. it cover all the Sherry Curry Oh, stuff? all the stuff after she's in the so. Runaways? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where she gets like kidnapped by a yes. dude and like beaten within an inch of her life and she yes. escapes. Cool, cool. Yeah. Obviously the Wood- Woodstock 99 movie. Oh my God. That's that my. That great. That's yes. like if, if I get to make movies someday, I, I like, I call it. Yeah, tips. I call Woodstock '99, and the, you bet my crowd scenes are going to be gnarly. Yes, they're not going to be these sanitized fucking CG CGI. Right. They're uh, going to be real people beating the shit out of each other in the mud, right. y'all. Uh, David, have you ever seen Birdemic? Oh uh, yes, I have seen Birdemic. Remember yeah. the shitty bird sprites? Yes, that? of course. That's what the crowd That's stuff what reminded especially me, especially since they're doing. Yes, they're, they're waving their arms in the air anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of ours have been made in the movie. Fifty Cent. I've not seen Get, Get Rich or Die, Die Trying. Trying. I haven't yeah. either. I don't think it's good. <laughs> I mean, let's wrap it up. We, we're, we're now we're just talking about movies. No, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was leading you down the garden path. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, David, thank you so much for for, for joining me. us on this uh, show about words about mu- movies about music. Words about movies about music. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sure you would like to plug. But uh, blank check. Uh, listen to my podcast with Griffin Newman. We talk about directors. Uh, it's great. It's great. You'll have good. fun. If you like this, you uh, like that. Yeah. And um, I'm sure if you're coming here from Blank Check, 
Welcome. Hello. We do a lot of <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot of similar stuff just mm-hmm. about music. Uh, Molly, anything you want to plug? Um, nothing in particular. You can still watch the the live music video zine I made for Alt Citizen on www.altcitizen.com. It's called Spectator. I enjoyed making it. Maybe you'll enjoy watching it. That's all. Uh, and uh, listen to this show is my plug. Mm-hmm. Um, or listen to my other show. Good job. You're already listening to it. Yes, you've already filled my plug. Uh, otherwise, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at say what again. You can follow me on Twitter at Miss Molly Mary. David's on Twitter at uh, David L. Sim. David L. Sim. Mm-hmm. David, David's Twitter is good and wholesome. Oh, I'm I enjoy right. it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but follow us on Twitter at and intro pod. Send us an email at and introducing pod at gmail.com. Our SoundCloud is at as always at soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. And remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. Mm. Do the rate and review thing. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, just tell a friend you listen to a cool podcast about mm-hmm. uh, about movies that's the best way to do it yeah. uh i don't know when this is going to come out so i don't know when you'll hear the next episode so i won't do happy, the usual thing happy thanksgiving, thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah whatever uh hopefully happy Canadian Thanksgiving. Uh, that already happened there come back soon for another uh episode of and intro deucing